The South Carolina Gamecocks just upset the number five ranked Tennessee Volunteers. I'm going to repeat that again. The South Carolina Gamecocks just upset the number five ranked Tennessee Volunteers. We're going to dive into all of that on this special reaction show right here on Locked On Gamecocks. Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. We are your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I'm your host, as always, Andrew Line. Thank you once again for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first watch or listen every day. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast daily. And what on earth just happened? I mean, seriously, what? on earth just happened the South Carolina Gamecocks they did not just upset the number five ranked Tennessee Volunteers they trounced them it was a rout they ran them out of Williams Bryce Stadium how did they do it I'm going to dive into all that on this reaction show I'm going to recap the game because uh holy smokes one of the biggest upsets in South Carolina's entire program history probably as of right now the biggest upset in the college football season right here in 2022 I mean holy smokes what is there to even say uh we gotta start with number seven at quarterback because my gosh it was his night I mean it was almost like he was destined to have a career night tonight I have never seen a quarterback suit up in the guard in black and play like Spencer Rattler did. The only other times I have seen quarterbacks play this well are probably Steven Garcia when I think he only had one incompletion against the number one ranked Alabama Crimson Tide back in 2010. And then Connor Shaw in 2013, you know, both the Missouri game where he was, I think, hurt and he had flu-like symptoms and he came into the game and led the Gamecocks back to a Roaring comeback where they won in double overtime. And then the Outback Bowl, I believe, or no, it was the Capital One Bowl that season where he had a fantastic final game against, I believe, the Wisconsin Badgers. This game is up there with those games. Considering the circumstances, probably best both of them. I mean, 438 passing yards, six touchdowns. Tonight was vintage Spencer Rattler. You got everything that South Carolina fans thought that they were getting with Spencer Rattler from the get-go. He was making throws on the run. His pocket navigation was just immaculate tonight. Anytime that there was pressure, he knew where he needed to escape. He did a great job of scanning the field, finding those underneath routes when he needed to, and not always just looking to run. Spencer Rattler, quite honestly, played a perfect game. I mean, he really, truthfully, if there was such thing as a perfect game as a quarterback in college football, Spencer Rattler had that game tonight. This was the best game of his career. That includes all the games that he played at Oklahoma. This was the best game of his career. Nobody can say otherwise in my mind. We also got to talk about the play calling for Marcus Satterfield because, listen, 
Marcus Satterfield has caught a lot of flack throughout the majority of this season through what at times I, you know, I've turned this once before as uninspiring play calling, you know, seemingly sticking to just a couple of concepts and pretty much just running them over and over again in some of these games. The Florida game seemed to be another good example of it. And the South Carolina offense just couldn't really seem to ever get into a rhythm, get into a flow. And there's been a lot of discussion, of course, about whether or not he's going to be back next year. In the minds of most Gamecock fans, or I, I maybe I shouldn't say most, but a probably a decent faction of Gamecock fans, um, you know, they were thinking it's time to let someone else run this offense. Marcus Satterfield called the best game of his Gamecock career for sure. Maybe the best game of his entire coaching career. I don't know what all he did when he was at Temple and Tennessee Tech and all that, but he did fantastic tonight. He literally, he the plays he dialed up, how they were spreading the football out, the diversified play calling. Tennessee, for the most part, unless, you know, to carry on, Jordan went out there in the Wildcat, or maybe, we you know, they started to run a jet motion with Amari and Brown. They really and truthfully did not know what was coming the majority of the time. When an offensive coordinator gets a defense in that kind of situation, you're doing your job. You're doing your job to the nth degree. You are excelling in your responsibilities. And Marcus Satterfield did that tonight. And guess what? He did not have probably the best player on the offense, at least up to this point in the year, in Marshawn Lloyd. He did not have Christian Bill Smith even back there. He was down to his third string running back, had a tight end that was converted to a running back. And all the criticism that he has been getting over the last few weeks, and again, some of it's definitely been justified. And, you know, he has definitely caught some questions from reporters regarding, you know, hey, wh- where do you think, uh, h- how do you feel like this offense has performed? Why is it this offense doesn't seem to be clicking? And despite all of that, Marcus Satterfield just went out there and probably called the best game of his entire career as a play caller. So kudos to him. He deserves so much credit. Don't let everything else that's happened throughout this season cloud your judgment on what he did, at least tonight. Uh, tonight against Tennessee, Marcus Satterfield was the best player caller on the field, and he was matched up with Josh Heupel, who has had his team score 50 bombs all year long against a bevy of really solid opponents. And Marcus Satterfield outcoached Josh Heupel in terms of offensive play calling. That is a feather in Marcus Satterfield's cap regarding this one performance. Some quick side notes. Josh Van, what a heck of a night for him. I mean, you have got to feel bad for him because, again, obviously, he's probably not had the year that he wanted. He's admitted that to the media at a press conference. And yet, he had two catches for, I think, 78 receiving yards. Both of the catches were touchdowns. On senior night, his final game ever in williams Bryce Stadium, and Josh Van had a night to remember. And he said post-game that on Tuesday night he had a dream that this was all going to happen, that South Carolina was going to win, that there was going to be fans storming the field. His dreams turned into reality. And let's just say, um, yeah, hopefully Josh Mann has a lot more really good dreams in the next month or so for South Carolina. Antoine Wells Jr., um, guys, don't let the fact that this guy played at James Madison fool you. He is a dog. He is a ball player. He can go toe-to-toe with the best in the SEC. 
He has been the most productive receiver on the team this year for South Carolina. He showed why tonight. When there's plays that go off script, I don't think there's very many receivers that are as good at finding open areas where they can get the attention of their quarterback and complete the catch than Antoine Wells. Antoine Wells, in my mind, is the best in that regard. Jakeem Bell, he also had a couple touchdowns. By the way, he had, I think, 82 rushing yards on 17 carries. Once again, this guy is a tight end by trade. He's playing running back because the top two running backs for South Carolina were out. And he's doing it against the number five ranked team in the country. Yeah, that defense is a number five ranked defense in the country. That's still a pretty tall task to ask of somebody, especially this late in the season. And Jaheim Bell, all he's done is put his head down, agree to fulfill this role in Marshawn Lloyd, Christian Bill Smith's absence. And he's gone out there and performed. Kudos to him. Offensive line. Pat yourselves on the back. Y'all helped make the whole night possible for Spencer Rattler tonight. Spencer Rattler played fantastic. But you know something? There's been some games where he hasn't even had a chance to get out the starting game because maybe the protection wasn't always as great. But this offensive line has had their good games. This was a fantastic game that they had tonight. They kept Spencer Rattler upright all game. There was very few quarterback pressures or hurries that the Volunteers were able to generate. And I think they only got one sack. Kudos to you. Nate Atkins in conjunction. How smart of Marcus Satterfield to put Nate Atkins back there as a pass protector of the running back position. That was just, that was ingenious of him to do that. I noticed that near the beginning of the game, and it was a constant presence throughout the majority of it. And more six, seven, eight man protections. Phenomenal work in that aspect. And then to carry on Joyner, another senior. Fantastic night. If it is his last night, he does have he does have one more year of eligibility if he wants it. But if this was indeed his final time playing in front of the Garden Black Faithful at Williams Bryce, a couple of touchdowns for him as well. Two rushing touchdowns. Did a good job out of the Wildcat tonight. Offered a whole new dimension to the offense that uh, Tennessee, again, seemed to have some trouble with. Happy for him. Happy for guys like him and Josh Van. And guys on the defense, which I'm going to talk about more in a few moments. But today's show is brought to you by Simply Safe. Now, if you've thought about securing your home with home security, but you've been putting it off, I need you to hear me out real quick. Because right now, all of you, the Locked On Gamecocks audience, can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. Yes, that's right. This is their biggest offer of the entire year. What I love about Simply Safe is their 24-7 monitoring agents that the company utilizes, which in an emergency is used to find critical evidence and discover whether or not there's a credible threat. This allows for an adequate response time from the local authorities. And by the way, the monitoring service costs less than a dollar a day, which is less than one of Simply Safe's biggest competitors in the market in ADT. So don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that I would recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash college. This is their biggest discount of the year, so you do not want to miss out. That's simplysafe.com slash college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Welcome back to this special Sunday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast where we cover your team every single day. 
All right, so we've talked about the offensive performance against the Volunteers. How about the defense? Look, the biggest head case for South Carolina's coaching staff probably heading into this contest was undoubtedly how do we slow down this Tennessee offense? Listen, I you can't say stop. There is very few teams in college football that can realistically go out there and say, yeah, we think we can stop Tennessee's offense over the course of 60 minutes. Georgia's a team that can say that. Bama, depending on the circumstances, is a team that could say that. There are some other teams maybe out there as well, but it's only a handful. South Carolina, admittedly, is not one of those teams. So, how do you slow them down? Well, here's how they did it. South Carolina, credit to Clayton White and the staff, they did a great job executing a game plan of essentially saying, look, we're not going to go soft zone coverage on you all night long across the board and just let you take everything underneath. But we are going to do it enough to where you are going to have to take more of those simple one-cut routes. I told y'all on my Wednesday show that Tennessee's offense, a lot of the plays that they run have one short passing route option for Hendon Hooker. And it seemed like that Tennessee had to take those routes a decent amount. You know why? Because those shot plays that they like to run, yeah, they weren't falling like they usually do. And here's the thing. When you're an offense that relies on a couple of specific things to work out for you every single game, and then you eventually have a game where, for one reason or another, the plays are not falling for you in that particular aspect, then you're in trouble. Then it's okay. The offensive coaching staff for that team now has to adjust. But can they out-coach and out-scheme that other coaching staff that has caused them to be put in that situation to begin with? Guess what? Tonight, the answer was no for Tennessee. Clayton White and this defensive coaching staff, they utilized the talent and the experience that they have on that side of the ball to force Tennessee to have to earn it tonight. All of their points. Tennessee had multiple second and long and third and long situations. Tennessee had, I believe, 11 or 12 third down attempts. They only converted five of them. They had three third downs that they went for in this game. And yes, Tennessee did still score, I believe, 38 points. But it was not what they are used to. And that was key for South Carolina. And of course, if you told the defense before the game the offense was going to score 63 points, then uh, yeah, they probably would have been absolutely elated and over the moon about that. But this defense played well enough to win, even if the offense had only about half the night that they did. So, absolutely phenomenal job by this defense. The run game, there were still some misfits at the second level, but look... The linebacker unit, you cannot deny them this much. They went out there and they gave it everything they had. The amount of plays where I saw Debo Williams, Brad Johnson, Sherrod Green basically just get sent crashing into the A gap and B gap in the defensive front, just trying to break through that Tennessee offensive line. And they did it over and over and over, which you think about it, a little bit risky, admittedly, because look, I mean, 
you don't have exactly a ton of experience depth at that spot. Yes, you got Debo Williams back there, but behind him, it's, you know, you got Stone Blanton, who has only played in a couple of games in his entire college career, and he's a true freshman. Bam Martin Scott, same deal, only played in a few games his entire college career. And, you know, despite all of that, the linebackers held up. They did a good job on enough rushing plays. They did not like Tennessee break any real long runs besides that one scamper that Hennon Hooker had on the first drive of the game. So, great job by them. The secondary, despite all the externals, all the guys getting banged up. Nick Evanwory being ejected for targeting, which, uh, yeah, one of probably a few questionable calls tonight, to say the least. But that's besides the point. Fantastic job by the secondary. Cam Smith... Absolutely deserved a game ball. Obviously, a big storyline hanging into this game was Jalen Hyatt. He was from Dutch Fork. Supposedly, you know, I guess if South Carolina had offered him, probably would have gone to South Carolina. South Carolina, of course, did not offer him. Clemson also didn't offer him, but they weren't right in the backyard of the school he played at, which is why they don't get mentioned as much, and they don't have to play him. Nonetheless, Jalen Hyatt's coming home. Everyone's thinking Jalen Hyatt's going to go off. Some of us admittedly said that we thought Jalen Hyatt was going to go off. Uh, Cam Smith held his own against him. Now, Jalen Hyatt still did have six catches for 65 yards, but he never had a real deep pass completed to him. And that's something that he lives on, that he thrives on, because he is the guy that takes the top off of a defense. That's what they. That's the role that Tennessee uses him in. And that didn't happen tonight. And a big reason for that was because of Cam Smith. Again, forcing them to have to settle, honestly, for a lot of one-cut, simple, underneath, or intermediate routes. And there was a couple times where Jalen Hyde dropped the ball, had the ball right in his vicinity, and he just could not clamp it down and bring it into his chest. Even though he didn't necessarily get hit, he didn't get nailed on either of his drops. Which tells me that um, he knew the circumstances that he was in. And I think that after a while, he understood the talent he was going up against in Cam Smith. And that played a role in his psyche. And that, that affected him on some of these plays. Cam Smith, again, in terms of what's happened throughout the course of the season, he got the better Jalen Hyatt tonight. He did. And yes, again, the stat line will show Jalen Hyatt still having a solid game. But in terms of his overall impact... He didn't do a whole heck of a lot. So, Cam Smith, by the way, some real funny quotes. I highly recommend y'all go check out the post-game quotes that he had in his press conference. I think he was asked about the trash talk that was going on between him and Jalen Hyatt, and he pretty much said, it doesn't mean a whole lot if it's all coming from one side. Or, if it's one-sided. That might have been what he meant also. But, nonetheless, uh, again, go check that out. I can't necessarily repeat everything that he said on the podcast, but... Just some real funny stuff. And a great game for him, too, considering the fact that this is, again, 99% likely his last time ever playing in Williams-Price Stadium. Big, big matchup that was won by South Carolina, which really helped them in this contest on the defensive side of the ball. Now, what does this win mean for the program moving forward? And I'm going to answer this with a few different talking points in just a couple moments right here on this special reaction edition of Locked On Gamecocks. But this week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by our friends over at Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan 
are intended to empower drivers and vehicles that are as capable as the drivers themselves. With this week's thrilling moment, I've got to go with the second touchdown of the game where Spencer Rattler threw a 69-yard dot to Josh Van, threw the ball on a rope. It had a little bit of everything with what happened on offense tonight. The offensive line giving great protection. Juju McDowell with a nice chip block on that left defensive end. Spencer Rattler had all the time in the world to sit back in the pocket, look down the field, spotted Josh Van getting behind his guy, threw the ball again on an absolute just liner down the field, right in the hands of Josh Van in stride where he caught it. The DB tried to dive to get a hand on it. He whiffed on it. Josh Van had green grass in front of him, ran all the way into the end zone for, again, what was just one of two receiving touchdowns that he had and one of only six passing touchdowns, six passing touchdowns by Spencer Rattler tonight. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available at NissanUSA.com. Welcome back to this reaction of the Gamecocks' upset of the Tennessee Volunteers right here on Locked on Gamecocks. We cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. I asked you the question before getting into the break. What does this win mean for South Carolina? What does this win mean for the football program? Well, there's a few different aspects that are going to be affected in such a positive manner from this monumental upset. Firstly, South Carolina just elevated their perception in the SEC. Get this. With this win over Tennessee, this was the final conference game for South Carolina this season, the Gamecocks are now guaranteed to finish third in the SEC. That is the first time since, I believe, 2017 that South Carolina is finishing in the top three in the division. And it's the second time it has happened since 2014. So something that has not happened around here a lot as of late. But this victory, you know, again, you talk about the Kentucky game. You talk about the Texas A&M game. Both of those games were really big wins for South Carolina. They took care of business, of course, against lowly teams like Georgia State, Charlotte, South Carolina State, you name it. They beat Florida and Auburn last year. They trounced North Carolina in the Dukes Mayo Bowl this past season. But listen, none of those victories, I mean none, can equate to the magnitude of defeating a top five ranked team in your own home stadium on national television with the light show that they have now at Williams-Brice. The perception just was raised at South Carolina. Guess what? Other teams in the SEC East now, maybe besides Georgia, but everyone else now in the SEC East, you've now been put on notice by South Carolina. Yes, this has still probably not been exactly the season that they could have had. You still have to acknowledge that, but two things can be true. That is still the case for the majority of the season. But this win signifies to all these other teams, South Carolina is a better team. 
Look, two years ago, they went 2-8 and eight in a 10-game SEC slate during the COVID-19 pandemic season. It was a very, very low moment for the program. Felt like that as a whole, in terms of the apathy that settled in, they hit rock bottom. To go from that to two years later, you're 7-4 with a chance to maybe play a spoiler again this next weekend against Clemson. You just defeated a top-five ranked team in Tennessee at home. Cannot tell you enough how much this affects their perception in such a positive manner. Recruiting. You talk about having something to show recruits now. For 2021, for Shane Beamer, that was showing that the Gamecocks went to a bowl game and they knocked off an established coaching staff with Mac Brown and everyone he's got as a part of his program over at North Carolina. This year, you broke multiple streaks. You defeated Kentucky on the road for the first time since 2012. You defeated Texas A&M for the first time ever in program history. You were ranked for the first time since 2018. You had your first four-game winning streak for the first time since 2013. You just defeated a top-five team in Tennessee. Your second top-25 winner this season of your tenure. Obviously, the biggest win of the Shane Beamer era up to this point. And the first top-five win for South Carolina since 2019 when they defeated Georgia in Athens. Recruits will notice all this. They will see all this on social media. South Carolina's in it for a bunch of big-time 2024 targets. Think about Dante Reno. He is a recruiter for South Carolina staff. Tweeting at Maisie O'Bennett, who's a Tennessee commit right now, by the way. Cam Pringle was in the house. Jonathan Paler was in the house. Justin Green, four-star edge defender, I believe, for 2024, in the house. Josiah Thompson, local product, a lot of upside off its tackle, in the house. You had a lot of talent that was in that stadium tonight. And they got to see all of that. If that doesn't excite them, I mean, I don't know what else you can do, honestly. So recruiting is going to see a boost. You best believe that. There's change happening in this program. That's the third thing that this win means for the program. Listen. South Carolina was coming off such a horrible loss to Florida this past weekend. And I want to make something, I want to get the record straight. Florida is not a terrible team. Now, in terms of the Florida standard, they're not a great team. They're a decent team, right? But they ran up and down the field in South Carolina's defense. Their defense, despite what the statistics said, did fantastic against South Carolina's offense last week. South Carolina didn't score a single point offensively. It was one of the worst losses probably of the entire Shane Boomer era up to this point. I asked the question multiple times last week just in different ways, in different formats. What is South Carolina fighting for? What are they going to do here? How are they going to respond? When, you're, when, when you have all of these different factors, this confluence of factors that are all just against you right now. All the criticism of your coaches. The criticism of how the season has gone. The criticism from the loss you just had against the Gators. Some of them thinking that some of y'all maybe shouldn't be playing as much. Or maybe someone else needs to be given a shot. How do you respond to all that individually and as a team? 
And South Carolina went out there. And listen, it wasn't a fluke win tonight. They demolished the Volunteers. They didn't need five turnovers. They didn't need multiple special team scores. They didn't even need to block a punt. South Carolina punted once tonight. Kai Kroger got to take the night off for once. The big bright spot for South Carolina special teams was Mitch Jeter kicking it through the end zone so many times after South Carolina scores. There's change happening here. This win signifies so much growth for this team. Now, obviously, this week's now the big one. You're playing your arch rivals in the Clemson Tigers, and we will get into this matchup as this week progresses. And obviously, this offseason, still a lot of uncertainty as to who's going to return in this program this next year. Both players and maybe still some coaches. Great win for this program, though. This team deserves to enjoy this win tonight. Fans, you should enjoy this win tonight. These kind of wins, you don't see this stuff happen too often in college football, where a team that's just projected to do so badly against an opponent at home goes out there and just completely flips the script, turns the entire expectation of the game upside down on its head, on its proverbial head. You just don't see that. So... Just an incredible night of college football for South Carolina. And again, national television caught everything that happened. The fan support, the light show, views from the sky. I mean, just beautiful videos and images that this program can use to propel themselves into 2023 and beyond. What are your thoughts on the game? What was your overall reaction? If you were at the game, did you storm the field? I want to hear all of your stories from Saturday night in the comments section on YouTube or on Twitter at a line underscore SC. Shoot me a direct message. I will respond to it as quickly as I see it. I thank all of you for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first watch or listen today. For your next listen, I would like for you to go check out Locked On Sports Today, where the biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day do all take place. The Locked On Sports Today podcast is available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts daily. Thank all of you for tuning into this show. I hope that you all had a fantastic weekend. Big matchup coming up later today. South Carolina Stanford, one versus two. I believe 3 o'clock p.m., on either ESPN or ABC. Be sure to tune in. The men's team also has a really big game against Furman. Last game for them in the Charleston Classic. A much-needed bounce-back opportunity that they need to try and capitalize on. I will catch y'all on our next show on Monday right here on the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast.